You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Did you think that this movie was going to be, like, more family-friendly? Or did you think it was going to be more towards, like, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes? Well, I mean, I really didn't know much about this um, at all, really. I, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. It It definitely surprised me. Uh, I guess is the the best way to put. I I I would not have expected Guy Ritchie, uh, Sherlock Holmes. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have expected Robert Downey Jr. type thing because this is a, obviously a, a bit more graphic and an adult than uh, than this one, of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I knew that it's a set of books, and I assume they're for young adults. But I don't think I was expecting exactly what we got. And it the movie itself that we watched, Enola Holmes, on Netflix, definitely, I feel, pulls from a lot of the other film adaptation Sherlock Holmes that we've seen so far. Yeah. That's a, you, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty fair assessment. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we're going to talk about Netflix's Enola Holmes before uh, the end of the episode. but. Before we get to that, let's talk about a little bit of uh, movie industry news. Um, so, like we've stated before, <laughs> this show comes out a little bit of time after when we record it. So our news is a little bit old. But I really want to talk to you about <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because we've talked about it a few times on this show already. And everybody in their mom on the internet has talked about it <laughs> in, in, uh, in ad nauseum. So, um, the newest piece of tidbit news about Zack Snyder's Justice League, which will be a four-part miniseries on HBO Max in March of 2021, yeah, uh, has now gotten another $70 million to do reshoots. So, once again, I reiterate that this is not the Snyder Cut that they always promised us was already in existence and, and was, was ready to be shown. This is a cut. Uh, this is a Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, which now he is doing reshoots for. Gets to get all the feedback from all the complaints that they've they've made about the, about the movie in the first place, and then remake a movie that never should have been remade. I I mean I don't even know if I could constitute it as as a a remake. It's like. I don't know. I don't even know what to quantify this as. I I legitimately don't even know that anything like this has ever happened this way. Like, I know Blade Runner has like a bunch of different editions and things like that, and uh, you know that sort of thing. But I mean, the the I think the original production budget for this was around like three hundred million. So now it's at almost over four hundred. Uh, so whoever whoever is allowing this must have a pretty large degree of faith in what Zack Snyder is doing or or they they're like well we really didn't spend any money in 2020 so here's a little <laughs> bit of extra christmas uh they you didn't know spend any money, but they really didn't make any money either though that is true uh that is very is true way back that the money that it needed to make back it is doing well for considering what time it it it's being released in the world but it's definitely not made back the money that it needed to make back. No, that's that's very fair, and and uh, this is certainly moving it towards uh, probably never making that money back. I would guess because I don't know. I mean, I just 
I, 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 th- I think this, I, I don't know, maybe I'm going to be wrong, but I feel like this is one of those moments that go to the old adage of let sleeping dogs lie yeah. and, and just, you know, leave it alone and move along. Like it, it's done. It's out there. It's already left a really horrible taste in people's mouths. Uh, yeah. You know, let's call it a day. Yeah, we, we definitely should have done that, but we're already past that point. There is $110 million estimated dropped into this recut of the movie and uh it's 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 on a train it's barreling down like people are on this i just have to say look i don't know exactly what went on behind the scenes um because i'm not a part of the production i'm not a part of warner brothers media i'm not part of warner brothers pictures i'm sorry warner media or warner brothers pictures so i can't comment to that I can say this is that it is dumb what Warner Brothers Pictures did in the first place of taking Zack Snyder out and then putting in Joss Whedon to finish or correct, in their words, the movie. Uh, you think it was dumb? Is that what you said? Yes. They should have just let him finish off his movie. It would have been his trilogy of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, then Justice League. And if it was supposed to be a two-part Justice League movie, uh, like originally stated, then let him do that, and you would have been. It would have been done. It would have. You would have seen. His, he would have seen his vision come to fruition. We would have all went away from the movie theater unhappy and unsatisfied because that's all I can imagine after coming out of Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. And then uh, we could have just washed our hands of this. But now there's controversy. There is. Uh, unhappy actors there's unhappy unhappy production crew there is uh a hundred another 110 million dollars uh allegedly being sunk into it and <laughs> i mean that could have gone to making anything else that like given to anybody that is trying to make a movie they they have a streaming service this is where this is going to be going to hbo max like that could have been a season of something that anybody was trying to get off the ground. I mean, it could have been a season or three, depending upon the show. Uh, 110 million is a very large sum of money. I don't know. I, I, I Again, obviously, we don't have all the insights into what happened. Um, I like Zack Snyder a lot. You know, does that mean every movie he's ever made is is great? No, but that's true of every filmmaker. I mean, every filmmaker has ups and downs, as does every creative, as does every person. Like, I think that's totally normal. I mean, yeah, I feel like on the one hand, I agree with you, right? Where I'm like, let's just move on. But then on the other hand, there is this irrefutable human curiosity uh, that lies within all of us that loves to watch a good train wreck. And (laughs) I, 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 and then there's like a part of me that wants to root for the underdog in a sense, because I feel like he, Zack Snyder has now become the underdog in this whole scenario to where there's so many people that have already made their minds up that there's absolutely no walking back from this or saving this and and i you know i have this this part of me that's like oh i really hope he could do it i hope he could step up and shut everyone's mouth up including my own because you know I, again I, i've been on the the bandwagon of both sides of this camp because I, i'm very conflicted on it I do want to see it though. Like I, I just, I want to see how differently. And, and I'm, I guess I'm really curious now too. How much difference can an extra hundred million dollars make? Of like, this is like maybe the first time we're seeing video games blend into movies in the sense of releasing DLC for a film. They're like going back and doing patches and hot fixes on a movie that was already complete, went gold, and released to viewers. Like this is bananas. This is it's it's it is pure bananas and and look yes will I be watching the four part miniseries yes of course I already pay for HBO Max they they already got my money before they even announced they were going to be doing this so why would I not take advantage of watching it I watched Justice League I watched Batman v Superman I watched Man of Steel why wouldn't I continue to watch uh, this franchise Have you I'm seen gonna- the trailer for it? I don't think that's technically a trailer. I mean, it is. It's like a teaser. It's kind of a teaser, but it's... So, yes, I did see it, and he used the Hallelujah song just like he did in Watchmen. 
because uh, he's he's <laughs> he's got a thing for it. But I just I I don't know it. I I can't see how it's going to be all that much. But I mean, the, the people apparently from what I've heard and read is that it's going to be Ben Affleck, Gil Gadot, uh, Ray Fisher. And I think one more person that's going to be doing, re- doing the reshoots. Maybe not, maybe not one more, maybe it's just those three because Ezra Miller and Henry Cavill are not coming back to do reshoots. Hmm. So who's they, mad? Jason Momoa? They're, they're mad, uh, coming, they're mad about coming back. No, no, I don't think anybody's really mad about coming back. Oh, oh, I misheard you. I thought I thought you said they were mad about coming back, and I was oh, like, no, 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 no. I just think that I think those are the ones that are reportedly coming back to do reshoots. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, Ben Affleck, and and Gail Gadot. Well, you know, and that's the that's the funny thing is I stop and I think about it, and you're like, oh, they're giving him another extra seventy or whatever uh, seventy million to do it, and. My first thought is, is yeah, that's probably for the actors. Like, that's <laughs> usually about where 80 to 90% of your budget traditionally kind of goes. Well, that's maybe an over-exaggeration, but a very large portion of your budget traditionally goes to the, the cast. And so, you know, it's very plausible that they needed that much money to come back and get these people on board to, uh, to get this done, you know? And the other thing, too, is like, I don't know, I've seen all these people who are like, oh, it never existed, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, he didn't finish shooting what he was shooting. Like... He had a cut, but that cut could have also had animatics and things like that. It doesn't mean that the film was complete and ready to be sent out or, you know, some of that footage could have, you know, those scenes could have been written in there and never filmed. I mean, there's so many different scenarios for why they need or, you know, again, even if it did exist or didn't exist, it doesn't matter because it's going to exist now. Like, so even that whole argument is is crazy to me that people are going so over the top about it. That's what I'm talking about, though. Like, if you just told me that, yes, he has footage that he shot and he put into sequential order and then there was a lot of blank spots where it said, like, VFX missing or scene missing or scenes still need to be shot, like, kind of thing. Then that's one thing. But but when they said the Zack Snyder cut is finished and it is ready to be distributed is a whole nother thing. You would never distribute a movie that was... One, no VFX shots were were done, and two, had whole swaths of scenes not shot yet. Like that's just not true. That's blatantly lying. Well, I mean, maybe right because again, that could have existed, and the studio could have been like, you know, come back and be like no, and you know, things happen. Like technology isn't perfect. They could have lost that footage or destroyed it for that matter i mean again i i'm i'm dying on a hill here like (laughs) unnecessarily i understand that but i'm just saying like there are so many other things behind this that we will obviously never have answers to and and i just think at the end of the day like yeah maybe maybe that did happen maybe it was a bold-faced lie or whatever uh but the reality is is that it doesn't really matter anymore because it is happening now. And and even then, even if they had his cut and it was done and it was ready to be distributed, that doesn't mean that he isn't looking at everything that happened or that was changed and saying, well, I need to go back and reshoot some of this. That's still very plausible. Like that, that, that doesn't mean that just because they had a Zack Snyder cut and then they changed it. And then all this feedback came in that, I mean, obviously let's be honest, you're listening to consumers telling you exactly what they want to watch. Like, why wouldn't you be like, well, you know what? Like, yeah, that, that maybe wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but I was like 70% of the way there. Let me go back and reshoot this. And then being like, okay, cool. Or here's the other thing that could have happened too. They had a cut that was completed. It was ready to go. But now he needs to expand on it. And that footage isn't there. I mean, just because there was a cut that's complete doesn't mean that that's the cut they should be releasing, right? Like, you know, they could have let him go back or anyone could have went back and been like, yeah, we're not going to let this go out. You got to do more or you got to extend it, right? Because that's a possibility, too. Okay. All right. 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 I mean, yes, there that is a possibility. I'm just saying it is not the cut that we were told was ready to go. But what but but let me ask you this. What would you rather have? The I cut would rather that they, this whole thing not have happened. 
Wait, what? I, I would have rather this whole thing not have happened. Like the movie at all? No, like the whole controversy. The whole him oh. being asked to leave uh, under the guise of his unfortunate family tragedy. And then, uh, you know, them bringing in another director and forcing him to make a movie that obviously he had no passion for. And, uh, you know, doing this, the terrible CGI mouth on Henry Cavill because he couldn't, because, uh, was it you, whoever makes the Mission Impossible movies wouldn't let him shave off his mustache and, you know, all that stuff. I, I would have rather that this whole thing not be an issue. Because I, I honestly, I'm tired of talking about it. <laughs> well, I think we're we're gonna have to talk about it a little bit more, obviously, because oh, uh, it's still it's it's happening. Uh, and and you know, I get it. I, I I do understand that side of the equation as well. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm really hoping for like a, a redemption story here. I, I I again, I think it's easy for us to speculate what happened, but. You know, it's like you said earlier, ultimately, we'll just probably never know. And, you know, at the end of the day, if if he really wasn't all in it because of what happened and he stepped away or they asked him to step away because of it, I, you know, and then they're giving him a chance to come back and, and finish it. I, I don't know. I think that's really commendable personally, because, you know, at the end of the day, he's a human like who's not going to be impacted by that, who's not going to be affected by it. Right. And and so and even the same for for Joss, you know, like it's it's i guess easy for us to say that you know he didn't really have passion for it but we also don't know how much control they actually gave him like you know they probably didn't give him an extra 110 million to go back and fix everything they probably were like look this is what's here these are the things that we don't like like go get this done and we'll give you money and you know i can't really fault him for that either i mean at the end of the day he worked with what he had and you know this is where yes film is a collaborative medium but this is where it gets extremely different when you have too many chefs in a kitchen so to speak and you know no one's really sure of where to take the project or what to actually do with it so uh hopefully you know it'll turn out well um i'm not super holding my breath because i traditionally have not been very happy with much of the films that dc has done but i'm hoping they can prove me wrong <laughs> that's fair uh i mean you're you're right on you're right on the money so uh let's move on to the other side of the street marvel <laughs> oh well, that was a short walk yeah it really was like they kind of wave at each other uh the mcu uh, is ha- has a whole bunch of new TV shows that are going to be coming out on Disney Plus. And uh recently announced is a new Nick Fury TV show starring Samuel Jackson as the character Nick Fury. Hmm. Last time we saw him he was in uh outer space from Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh Scrolls had taken his identity or had or were using his identity on Earth to help Peter get through certain situation. But he himself was actually in outer space on a, a scroll ship, uh, kind of taking a vacation. Where this show is going to go, I, I'm not too sure, but I'm sure it's going to help shape the next phase or next couple phases of uh, the MCU. What do you think of, of well, one, what do you think of the TV shows on Disney Plus in general as being a part of the MCU? And do you think it's going to be effective uh, in tying into the movies because the the Agents of Shield, which was technically the first MCU TV show, didn't really do a good job of of tying into the movies. It, well, that was the the first one, but it, it wasn't exclusively put out by Disney, right? Oh, well, Agents of Shield is put out by ABC, which is owned by Disney. Oh, Truche. Okay, so like, yeah. So basically, yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i in such a weird spot, like, with Disney and, and their approach to things. Granted, like, with Marvel, I think they've done a, a, a better job of keeping me engaged and interested in their content, uh, unlike another franchise that rhymes with schmars and wars. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I, I don't know. I... I I think it's good for the actors. I I think it's probably good for anyone who wants to consume more and more and more, you know, MCU. 
I don't see a lot of downsides to it and, and unless they start really leveraging content in the shows being required viewing before engaging in, in one of the films or something that it might be problematic for your kind of more average film goer. But I don't really see any downsides to it. They've obviously created an, a, a very successful business and industry out of creating these comic book movies within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I think if they can expand it to the same quality that they've been doing the bulk majority of their movies, then it should be fine. I, I, I don't think it's, a, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. So let me ask you this. Uh, you did watch um, The Rise of Skywalker, right? The no, the last Star Wars film. Oh, okay. The, the last one that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, it's correct. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I watched uh, uh, The Last Jedi. You or whatever, whatever. Well, I don't even remember what they're called now. Force Awakens and then Last Jedi, right? And then Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So I watched the the Last Jedi. Yeah. But you did watch all of the Mandalorian, right? I did, unfortunately. Yeah. To take to a side that you did, you weren't the biggest fan of the show. You saw in the show, uh, the child use um for the force to heal, right? Hmm. I appreciate you for not saying Baby Yoda. <laughs> yes the child yes you saw the child so in rise of skywalker someone else uses the force to heal somebody in that Mm -hmm. okay now the it happens in the show first so if you were watching the show you weren't too surprised by it when you got to the movie however if you weren't watching the, the show and you did go and watch the movie um i would assume that it would be a you know it'd be a little bit of a bigger surprise because you don't I don't think in the history of the movies you really saw too much force healing. Uh, yeah, probably not. Not not really. I mean, I would say nothing very overt anyway. Yeah. So. I guess the kid, since you didn't see the movie, you can't really answer, but like, well, I mean, you can you can say it. I mean, I'll, I'll probably still have an answer. It might be short sighted, but I mean, I'll still throw an answer. What I'm saying. Like, how do you think? I mean, how do you think that affects the moviegoer? Like something like that i mean i i think in that instance you know again i, I don't know it, it's funny because that's one of those things where if it just randomly happened in the movie i wouldn't have been shocked by it i mean it's the flip and force i mean like what can't you really do with it like why why couldn't you heal someone with it right just because i mean like there was a point in time where every force power that happened we had never seen before Right. So, I mean, why should that really be like, why would I mean, like, you can do everything with this, like you can connect to every living, living being and and, and like whatever with this, you can detect someone's presence or if someone died, like, why wouldn't you be able to use some sort of, of healing power from that, you know? I don't think that's as big of a deal. But if it was like, major, like, characterizations that were like oh the only way you would have known that that was possible is if you saw the movie you know like if they revealed something like massive like imagine if they were doing that with like the original trilogy and like they revealed in the disney plus show that darth vader was luke's dad and then you got to that moment they're like oh he's your father or or whatever you'd be like what the what you know what i mean like i feel like that's a much bigger thing than like being like, oh, well, this person can kind of heal people sort of with the force. It's like, well, okay, yeah. I mean, what can't you do with it? <laughs> Apparently everything. And we we saw some crazy shit go down in the, the other two movies. Yep. You so, know? And that's what I guess I'm getting to with the, the MCU and Disney Plus MCU. Like, now that it's all under Kevin Feige, like, before with the, as I, as I mentioned before, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. not being too connected to the MCU, mm-hmm. like, it was because that was a whole other division that was Marvel television. Whereas now it is all MCU under Kevin Feige. So I'm wondering if you will get those big reveals. So instead of using your analogy or your example of learning of Vader's being Vader being Anakin in uh, Empire Strikes Back, like at the end of Empire Strikes Back, you don't know it, but then in the Disney Plus 
show they they reveal it and then the next movie return of the jedi he's not wearing his helmet anymore and people are like wait what happened to vader if you hadn't watched the tv show yeah so i mean that could happen in the shows now the mcu shows now right Oh yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I I think as long as they shy away from doing that, like as long as they're not just like being like, "Oh, well, you have to watch these shows or else you're going to be missing a lot of information from the films." I think they'll be okay. I mean, if there's little things here and there and like little crossover things or, you know, information that maybe adds a little bit of additional detail or explanation, I think that's that's totally fine. But I mean, yeah, if you're creating an ecosystem where someone has to watch those shows to then go enjoy a standalone movie uh, that I would be worried about. Absolutely. Well, I mean, so answer me. The, I mean, uh, and uh, okay. So you, you hadn't watched rise of Skywalker yet, but have you watched in game in game? Yeah. I watched it in game. Okay. Just, just wondering. It's yeah. Not yeah. No, no, yeah. Far out of the realm that you had. No, no. It's, it's a good question. <laughs> How do do you actually feel about these uh, giant cinematic universes? I mean, I again, I, I don't, I don't have anything against them. You know, I, I think obviously Marvel has done well. We have here, here's the thing: we have two really good uh, examples to talk about when we when we reference this. Right on the one hand, we have Marvel, and then on the other hand, we have Warner Brothers DC. Mm-hmm. Marvel has done a pretty good job at connecting everything and and making all of the things kind of work together. That doesn't mean every movie they've had has been a home run for me or everyone for that matter. But then you look at the opposite side of the street, as you said earlier, and DC just felt like they were constantly trying to shoehorn a connected universe together. And it's never felt to really flow or organically go together. It's just always felt like this huge blender of of like well we just have to do it because marvel's doing it and so i think it's doable um and i and i think that obviously you can get to a point where you're balancing and leveraging things and and again i think marvel has done a very great job of showcasing that but if your only intention is like well we just have to have a connected universe just for the sake of it that's where you're going to start really i think running into issues and problems okay uh you said you you know you might not have liked all the all the MCU movies in uh, so to speak, but are there any that you hadn't seen? Um, are there any that I haven't seen at this point? Um, I don't think so. I think I have seen all of them now. I believe, including like the smaller ones, like Ant Man two. I watched that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I think I think I mean I'd have to look at a, a list because there's like. 20 something 20 plus something like 23 or something uh, now yeah 23 i think with the yeah. the second spider-man movie yeah so yeah i think i've seen them all now okay I, the, my question was going to be like if you hadn't seen all of them oh, so then by the time you watched it in game had you seen all of them or all the ones that were out at that point i believe so okay okay um then sure i, I the TV shows like you, you, I know you watched some of the, uh, Marvel Netflix TV shows. You were a fan mm-hmm. of, the uh, daredevil one. Daredevil. Yep. And you were a fan of the Punisher one, right? I thought that was okay. There was a lot of things that could have been done better, but, uh, and, and I don't know. I always have this like weakness in my heart for Thomas Jane, I, not to take anything away from John Barenthal. Cause like he does fine. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always that part of me. It's like, Oh, why couldn't they brought Thomas Jane back? So with, with, with those ones, cause those particularly weren't really connected to the MCU in any other way, the movies, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever feel that they were lacking in that, that way? Was Daredevil lacking in the fact that it wasn't connected in a better way to the movies? I don't think so. No, I don't think it was lacking at all. I think it actually started lacking when they tried to connect all the shows together. We got the horrible atrocity that was the Defenders and (laughs) Iron Fist. Um, So I think that's actually where they started running into issues. Because, again, I don't feel like they had a strong plan to make that really happen from the very beginning of its inception. 
And so then when they got to doing it, they're like, well, this is just what Marvel does. So we've got to do it. And then they kind of just painted themselves into this horrible corner. And and I think that is also a good example of why you don't necessarily have to go to that. And I and I hope that, you know, if and I'm sure this is the case, but my hope is, is that if Disney does move forward with bringing back like a Daredevil Punisher show, I hope they just start over. Like, let those shows be what they are. They're wrapped out. They're done. Just start over. Like, don't try to start shoehorning that madness into everything else you got going on is what I think at this point. Do you have any interest in those actors returning to for those roles if they start over? You know, uh, this is probably going to sound really a holeish, but not really. And, and that's not to take anything away from what they did, because I again, I still think they did well. Right. Minus minus Iron Fist and the Defenders. <laughs> Because I those were just completely atrocious, in my opinion, to me. Uh, but no, like I think those are just they they, they did them. They were good, uh, and and it's done. It's like you said with the whole Justice League thing. If you want to go back into Daredevil, I I would or Punisher or whatever. I would like to j- let's just start with a blank slate. Let's you know go from the top and and just really figure out what they want to do with those shows, what their place is. Are they standalone? Are they tied in? You know, figure it out from day one and then just stick to your guns on whatever that choice is and and move forward, you know? And I, and I think the biggest reason that I don't want them to bring those actors back is because then inevitably the moment that that happens, you have viewers that are going to just start automatically assuming that it's linked in and tied to all the Netflix stuff, regardless of whether it is or not. So I feel like just wipe the slate clean you know, let those stand on their own because they are mostly good on their own. Um, and and just start over. Okay. Well, I mean, they have plenty of uh, upcoming TV shows without bringing back Punisher and Daredevil. They have a uh, She-Hulk that's been cast. They have uh, Ms. Marvel that has got directors. They have a Moon Knight that is rumored to be starting production here pretty soon. And now Nick Fury. So there's they have plenty of other stuff they can do without having to bring those Netflix characters in just well, yet. Let me ask you a question about that, though, because uh, this was one of the first kind of like arguments that everyone had with uh, like Daredevil and Punisher, like specifically when it was going to Netflix, because obviously those IPs are uh, traditionally quite a bit more mature. They're very dark. Mm-hmm. How do you think that Disney would be willing to put them as they should be told on the Disney Plus platform? Uh, no, but what they will do if they wanted to do to do that and have it be more brutal is send it over to uh, Hulu, just like they're doing with Hellstrom right now, because the Hellstrom show that is going that is coming out on Hulu is a MCU show and it is going to be uh, a little bit more adult esque. Okay. Very nice. Yeah, because that's, I mean, obviously it was everyone's concern. So they're like, oh, are they going to let them be dark? And then Daredevil cuts some dude's head off with a car door. And you're like, oh, they're going for it. So, I mean, I'm sure, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm sure if if they do do Moon Knight, that's where that's going to go. It can't, I, I can't see that show being on Disney Plus. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's kind of the problem with Disney Plus, right? Is because like you think of Disney and it traditionally has been a very kid friendly, family friendly brand. Mm-hmm. Like, but now you have this streaming platform that, you know, it's, and you're right. It, the good thing is they have Hulu, so they have multiple distribution outlets, but it does, you know, I think, I think it just was talking about that because again, that's always going to be the thing. Like, obviously they do have to control the content that goes on there because the last thing you want is to like walk in and find your like three-year-old watching daredevil go all old boy down a hallway and like murking like 50 people or like the punisher like you know doing what the punisher does (laughs) murking yeah yeah exactly you know make a jigsaw in a a, a wood chipper you know like you just don't want kids to necessarily have access to that so that's a good answer i was very curious to that yeah, no, I think that's exactly what's going to happen with any any Marvel show that they feel is going to be a little bit more true. Now, now I can see Nick, uh, Nick Fury going to be on di- on on Disney Plus because they'll do that just like they do Mandalorian. There will be a lot of gun shooting and stuff like that, and an implied uh, violence and gore, but none you actually see. It would just be people being shot. Mm, okay. Do you know anything about Pedro Pascal walking off set? 
so I've heard that rumor, but I don't think it's true. Yeah, I really don't believe in uh, believe that it's true. In the the places that I've seen it be cited, are not reputable. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was. Uh, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, I haven't really seen it from anything that I would be like, oh yeah, okay, that's trusted. But I, I've just heard so many things about. It. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that's true. Yeah, I don't think so. However, I mean. <laughs> The first season we taught, we we learned that you know he wasn't even in the suit like what seventy percent of the time, or sixty percent of the time, something like that. Uh, obviously he did all the voiceover or ADR, I guess would be more because you said voiceovers only when it's over a radio or something like that, right? Well, I mean that's traditionally when you're writing it in like a script. Like, oh, okay. I mean you could you could still call it that if you wanted to, like, but yeah, ADR is often used for like replacing dialogue and things like that. And and the the whole thing is that a Mandalorian does not take off its helmet. So there's, if he wanted to walk off, they I'm sure they'll be like, well, we can always replace you with someone else to wear a helmet that never comes off, anyways. So hashtag not sponsored, but Carl Urban uh, has a great track record of doing that. Uh, Disney, if if you're looking for someone, uh, just saying, you know. And if you're worried about the voice, he, uh, just you know, have him get shot in the throat in one of the first uh, scenes of the opening, you know, season, and uh, all of a sudden he's in a box of tank, wakes up, new vocal cord, sounds like Carl Urban, boom, done. And the best part is, doesn't even have to be on set. He could just do the, you know, the voice. I mean, he is already over at Amazon doing his own hit show, but I'm sure he wouldn't turn down the money. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not sponsored. I'm not uh, Carl Urban's agent. Surprise, surprise. But you know, just throwing out a sparkling endorsement for somebody who was not afraid to do a movie the proper way and not take their helmet off. So just saying. I mean, Pedro Pascal never took off his helmet. Never asked for one. I mean, they. Maybe he took it off. One scene. Yeah, he still took it off. <laughs> he took it off and stood in front of a fucking window with kids playing out in front of it. And, like, the the, the light was right in his face. How did they not see him? <laughs> like, they totally saw him. Like, you, you know what I mean? Okay. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Carl it. Urban. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. No helmet uh, remover if you're looking for one. I mean, he at least got his chin. The Mandalorian doesn't even get his chin. I mean, if they're paying Disney money, I'll suit up. I or just voice whatever. I mean, how many people would not do that? Like, are you kidding me? I, I'm not kidding you. I think I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Again, I don't know if that's true. So I'm sure it's probably not. And I'm sure Pedro is very much like, oh, shut up, people. I didn't walk offset. But who knows? We don't know. We don't know. We absolutely don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, I feel like if it was true, it would be much uh more talked about in in the trades okay speaking of built up universes cinematic universes uh Mm -hmm. holmes definitely leaves you with the idea of of sequels um would you be up for more sequels to this movie Uh, yeah i mean i i I say it this way because uh, i don't know how you you felt watching this but i am very much and and i'm sure you're gonna feel the same way but i am not the target audience for this movie we are not the target audience for this movie we are not that being said it's a good movie i mean it's a fun movie it's i mean if i was you know maybe 12 or something i probably would have been so much more like oh my gosh this is crazy but yeah i mean the acting's good like it's not like there's anything wrong with the movie it's just i am definitely not the right audience but i do agree it it very strongly feels like they are are going to maybe do at least a trilogy or so uh i i would guess right or that they're at least setting this up for for multiple uh films film possibilities right uh, I don't know. I mean, do you, I mean, again, I don't think we're the target audience for this, but did you like it? Like, would you actually want to watch more of this? I don't know if I particularly would want to watch more of this. And I, cause I think you're right. I think we are not the target audience for this, uh, these films. Um, I don't think that, uh, it was it, like, yeah, I don't think it had, any bad parts so to speak just like you said there was no nothing was wrong with the movie it, it was it was enjoyable i did enjoy watching this movie did it speak to me no not really the only thing that i really saw wrong 
was in the writing and then or actually it might have been in the editing because there's one scene in the movie where she puts together a clue uh to go to the lime house right to find mm-hmm. that she thinks that's where her mother might be and she goes there and as she leaves the man in the brown bowler hat attacks her right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. makes out for a great little little action scene where you get to see her uh, abilities in jujitsu that they've been alluding to to this point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Then you come to later when she finds uh, the little lord's treehouse and she sees that the brown the man in the brown bowler hat also found the treehouse and put together that uh, at some point the little lord was going to go to the limehouse or something like that, and that's how he found her there. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be a coincidence, but like, why is that coincidence there? Why was was he? Did he have a reason to to go to the limehouse that coincided with why Anola's mother was going to be at the limehouse? Like, I didn't understand that. I yeah, I don't know. I really don't know either. What 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 uh, what year did this take place? <laughs> um, like the eighteen hundreds, right, or earlier? Yeah. Wasn't jujitsu founded in like the the twenties? I don't think it's going to be earlier because they had automobiles. Well, they did, yeah, they 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 did, but it's so like, like the eighteen hundreds ish, right? Or maybe 18, early nineteen, early nineteen hundreds, yeah, yeah. So, but like jujitsu was like in the twenties or thirties. I have no idea. I don't have no idea when jujitsu was <laughs> was first invented, but it is in this movie. It is. Yeah, I don't know. That was, I mean, again, that's super nitpicky and it doesn't matter because who cares? Realism doesn't matter. It's just the following the rules of the story that you're crafting, which is fine, but right. super nitpicky because they were like kept talking about it. I'm like, eh, they did, did jujitsu was around that early. I mean, obviously they had self-defense styles, but I, I don't believe that jujitsu was around the movie, in the 1800s. The movie is set in 1884. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm no, you know historian or anything so maybe i'm completely wrong but i really don't think that uh jujitsu was well i guess maybe there they i could just be thinking of brazilian jujitsu maybe there was like a japanese jujitsu or something before the brazilians refined it and somehow it became synonymous with them i don't know maybe that's the case maybe so apparently there are six books uh that this is from uh it's the case of the missing marquis uh, the, okay. case, the case of the left-handed lady, the case of the bizarre bouquets, uh, the case of the peculiar pink fan, the case of the cryptic Caroline, uh, car- cr- no, crinoline, C-R-I-N-O-L-I-N-E, crinoline, hmm. and the case of the gypsy goodbye. So we got a lot of source material. Yeah, definitely a lot of source, definitely a lot of character development, I'm sure, and all those. Uh, books so there's definitely more to be made into uh, movies if that's the way the Netflix and Legendary decides to go so I don't want to take anything away from Millie Bobby Brown here um, because I think she does a really good job and I think she's a a very good up and coming actor uh, right because she's still really young so I mean I think she's going to have a remarkable career ahead of her but there were so many times watching this movie that I like was double taking and being like, is that Natalie Portman? Like what the heck? Like there's so many times where she looks like young Natalie Portman in this. And it was just, it, 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 it was like watching, um, a star is born with Bradley Cooper. And just, I couldn't take, I couldn't stop thinking of Andrew Lincoln. He looks so much like Andrew Lincoln from the walking dead, that movie. <laughs> and it totally took me out. And it, I, I had some similar moments with this one and that's no one's fault, but my own, my own silly brain, right? Like I take full responsibility for that. But uh, did you have that happen at all? Were you ever just like thrown for a loop and being like, Whoa, no, I, I did take, I did think it was funny because if we think about where Millie Bobby Brown started her career, or at least her breakout part of her career being on the first season of um, Stranger Things, where she shaved her head for the role. Um, in this movie, she has so much hair in, uh, you know, very much. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for there? Um, contrast. Uh, it's such it. 
it it just that one kept coming back to me. Um, the other thing that I had a lot of issue with with the movie, and I don't say a lot of issue with, but the the constant talking to the audience, like I I normally either like it or let it slide in other things, other movies. But this just seemed a lot more than normal, and it just it it kind of grew old on me uh, after a while. Interesting. Did did it have any effect on you? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I again, I didn't really have any expectations uh, of this going into it because I I really didn't know very much about it, and so no, I I don't think it really did bother me. I, I tend to kind of enjoy that for the most part. I mean, I, and again, I think it depends on the movie, like you said, but Deadpool does it very well, but I mean, you would expect that in that film because it's, uh, you know, very indicative of the character from the comics, uh, Ferris Bueller's day off, uh, really enjoyable there. I I'm actually trying to think if there's a movie that does that, that I didn't find it to be somewhat enjoyable, but for me in this, no, I, I think it, it fits, uh, especially like, I guess if you're trying to, I don't know how to say that in a way that doesn't sound a little bit condescending, but I don't think it's, it's not, I'm not saying this to be condescending, but I think for this, it's, it's almost leverage as a, a tool or a choice to hopefully get the younger crowd to kind of feel a little bit more involved with it or a little bit more interactive because if you think about like where we're at now i mean interactivity and entertainment is is huge right now with you know things like streaming and and all the tiktoks and social media and all that sort of stuff right mm -hmm. you do feel like you have some degree of of interactivity so i feel maybe like that was the choice as to why they went that route and maybe why they used it as much as they did perhaps, or perhaps that's how the novels are written as well. Like maybe, maybe that's the case. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure the novels are written in narration. Like I'm in, and that would have been the more traditional thing for them to do here is just to have voiceover narration for her to, to keep saying uh, things for her, either her character or, you know, uh, expository dialogue and stuff like that. But they decided to go with the, uh, turn to camera talk to audience um uh filming decision and i think you're probably right it is more of a closer to interacting with instagram people on instagram videos or snapchats or whatever so to speak like it is more of a decision to probably get in that 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 age group crowd so yeah. once again maybe maybe the reason why it didn't hit for me but understandable for them to make the decision uh like I said, I thought that they took for like a lot of different like it 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 felt a little bit like Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes. It felt like a little bit of uh Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock TV show at points. Uh you get you get the feeling, the same feelings that you get from certain Sherlock Holmes uh adaptations uh but through the eyes of uh, a young lady. And I didn't have any issue with that. Like I just thought that it could have been paced better because it did feel like a lot of points dragged for me. Like there were points where they, they, they had this, the, the sound make it seem like it was moving quickly, but to me, it didn't, didn't feel like it was moving quickly. If that made sense. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really have too many issues with the pacing. And maybe that was because we were just coming off the devil all the time, which uh, <laughs> is a very slow <laughs> burning movie. So this one, I mean, maybe that's maybe that's my problem or, or my, you know, maybe why it impacted me a little bit different. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't really get the, 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 the pacing was off for for me. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess I, I guess I have to disagree with you from my standpoint, at least I didn't, I didn't quite have that same experience. I, I, as you, I guess. That's fine. So yeah. going to the actors, uh, outside of Millie Bobby Brown, how did you feel about performances by Helena Bottom Carter? Uh, the most jacked, uh, Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> Henry Cavill. And, uh, oh man, I just had the name of the gentleman who played, uh, Mycroft here in front of me, Sam Clef, Clefin, Cleflin, mm -hmm. uh, as Mycroft Holmes, who is actually three years younger than H Henry Cavill. 
Which, yeah, it's funny. But he's playing the older brother of Mycroft. So what do you think of those performances? Uh, I think everyone does a really great job with the performances in this. Uh, you know, for me, not really being the target audience and, you know, having a obvious love for Henry Cavill because he's amazing. Um, I just found myself infinitely being like, I hope we can get a Sherlock Holmes movie with him because that would be great. Like, but no, I, I think everyone did. um uh, an amazing job like e- even kind of some of the the minor characters like the uh the lady who runs the the finishing school like i thought her performance was was really well done the uh the lord's uh family members like his grandma and stuff like that i thought they did a, a good job of of portraying those characters and and kind of trying to throw you off a little bit with the fact that they were involved with trying to spoiler alert kill the the kid you know because he was going to be coming into power and things like that uh, so yeah, I mean the acting all around is 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 very well done, and with the cast the the way that it is, I would I would certainly not expect any less because I mean that is a, a phenomenal cast of actors to have, and like I said, I mean I would watch Henry Cavill in anything. I don't really I'm not super familiar with Sam Claflin or uh, however you said his name. I don't really know of too much that that uh, he was in. Obviously, Helena Boham Carter is phenomenal. I mean, she's just plays these amazing characters. Uh, so, I, I, again, I would probably watch her in in anything. Are, I mean, are you familiar with uh, Sam Claflin or Claflin, Ka- Ka- whatever it was? Claflin, I Claflin, think it, yeah, um, yeah. He was the thing I know him from is from the Hunger Games. He played, oh. uh, he played the one guy. <laughs> <laughs> he played the guy disguised as another guy trying to be another guy. That 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 really narrows it down for you, right? Uh, yeah. It was he was the Irish dude that had big muscles. That's all I remember him from in the couple Hunger Games movies. Finnick O'Dare, that oh. was his name. Okay. Uh, he was also in that Me Before You movie with um, uh, Amelia Clark. Um, oh yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't watch that though. Uh, he's he's definitely been in things. I just haven't really seen him in much. So you, I'm right there with you. But he had a, a quite a substantial role in this movie. Yeah, uh, I, I I too am a huge fan of Henry Cavill's, and I just felt like he didn't give me much in the way of separating this character from uh, his Witcher character. Like I really feel like it was a lot of the same. Like he doesn't say fuck or anything like that, but. <laughs> Like, it's just a lot of silence and looks like <laughs> I, I I want him to be more than that. And I feel like that's kind of what I got from this. Like, this is a lot more looks of smiling and happiness than, say, the, the Witcher. But it's kind of was just a lot of uh, like, I'm gruff and big and I'm a, I'm I take up a lot. I have a presence like kind of thing with with him from this performance. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe some of that was uh, the choice to, you know, not really try to take anything away from, you know, the Enola character. And I also feel like some of that's to kind of maybe just show the contrast between uh, Sherlock and my, Mycroft or whatever his name was. Mycroft, uh, yeah, because you know Minecraft was very much quick to the tongue, very loud and and quick to kind of anger, and you know they talk a lot about how he doesn't have the intellect to deduct the way that Holm or uh, Sherlock, they're all Holmes, obviously, the way <laughs> Sherlock and Anola uh, does, you know. So I, I feel like that was why they made those choices, but like the times that he does speak. I don't know. I felt like it was different than than, but I could see I could see the the comparison to The Witcher a little bit too. I could I could get that vibe as well. Do you feel that there was a Chekhov's bow and arrow in this movie? Ooh. Uh, so in the training montage, there oh yeah, yeah she uh, does have bow and arrow. They she uses the bow and arrow several times, and a lot of the and then there's a lot of other skills that she is being showed used that we do get to see throughout the movie, but we don't see her use her archery skills at any point. Uh, if you could, in a real brief segment, um, 
explain to people what who might not know what Chekhov's gun is? Well, I mean, basically, that's it's uh, just kind of foreshadowing, really. I mean, traditionally, if you put something in the frame, it's it's meant to be used later on or have meaning. Um, and and they called it, you know, Chekhov's gun because traditionally it was, you know, like referencing a actual gun that was shown, and then you know, in the third act was used to like kill someone or whatever, or in the second act, wherever it may be, just later on, right? Um, yeah, so they, they definitely showcase the training montage and stuff. And you're right. I, I don't recall any point in time where archery would have placated into obviously the jujitsu. We, we see that kind of referenced, uh, multiple times. And then of course they, they are setting up that corkscrew takedown that she can't ever quite land. And then she, she finally does on the, on the third time. Uh, Maybe it's a thing where that's going to become relevant as they move forward with the series. You know, maybe it was just early, early groundwork for her archery skills in the next movie, perhaps. Okay. All right. No, that's just, there's a thing that kind of I was expecting and never happened. Uh, also, like the jujitsu and the tax collector. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like the, <laughs> in the tax collector. Uh, but let me ask you this. Were you when she finally pulls off that corkscrew move, were you expecting him to have his head impaled on a on a null post and die? No. Not like I would oh like when that happened, it really threw me. It yeah, it definitely did. And I think it only goes to further my argument that statistically speaking, Batman has killed accidentally hundreds of people through his career of crime fighting it's it's there's no way he has it but yeah no i i 100 was not anticipating that movie to go that dark uh and that well and not only that but then they turn around and and you know grandma trying to kill the kid and you're like whoa this this got so dark so quick you know but yeah and then when did when did Turksbury put put on that armor breastplate to stop the bullets like when did that happen so it happens right like sh- very very shortly before that because there's uh she's across the hallway looking at him the the brown bowler dude fires and we see it hit that and that's what he's looking at i don't think it's framed the best okay um, but i do remember yeah i do he's like looking right at it and you see the bullets kind of hit it and then nothing happens and then in the next kind of like shot or two, it's not there anymore. So I was like, oh, OK, he put it on. But still, what a quick change, uh, you know, expert, because I don't know if you've ever been shot at. But I don't think that I would necessarily, as I was laying on the ground, peeing my pants in fear, have the wherewithal to like take off all of that 1800, you know, 30 layer piece suit thing, strap on some uh, some armor under armor literal under armor and uh, and then button it back up and then again they hit it very well because before that uh his clothes were very form-fitting uh, ish and then uh, you know he manages to get a giant uh breastplate from a, a full night suit of armor under there it's very impressive clothing back in the 1800s and also lucky that the shot only hit his chest and didn't go up further in his face. I mean, that's true, too. Uh, but to be fair on that, I mean, guns weren't the most accurate back then. So that guy could have been aiming at his head. And uh, well, it know. was grandma. It was grandma that shot him. Well, that's right. Well, you, you know, could she, well, even better. She's probably got bad eyesight. She's old, you know, maybe has glaucoma or something like, you know, it doesn't look like it. But maybe, you know, fired a shot hit him in the chest so in the the mystery part of the sh- of the movie how did how did you feel that was pulled off was it was it was there enough clues that were lit you know left behind and uh you know come to fruition in a good enough way that didn't make you feel dumb but also made you feel a part of the show the movie i think so yeah i i, I mean i remember kind of going through and be like okay yeah this it's gonna you know, most likely be the grandma and they, you know, they're probably trying to kill him for power or whatever, you know, trying to, you know, set the uncle up as the red herring for it, I think also makes complete sense. Um, nothing really felt super contrived. I mean, I thought they did a really good job of, of showcasing kind of everything that would lead up to that. And I think, you know, if you were someone who maybe was a little confused by it, I think if you went back and watched it a second time, you'd certainly pick up on, 
the little nuanced details that would would lead you to that conclusion as well you know yeah okay all right there you go that is enola brown or enola brown enola brown (laughs) enola holmes on netflix we both thought it was an enjoyable enough movie just uh not for us in particular yeah I, i think if you're you know someone who maybe really enjoys like YA novels or, or that type of thing, you would probably enjoy this movie. Or if you were a a younger film goer, again, you would probably enjoy this movie. It's, it's not a bad movie. There you go. If you want to talk to me more about it or anything else we talked about today. I mean, if you have strong opinions on Zack Snyder's justice league and really want to talk to me about it, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia G E M. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Richard, where can people find you online? Oh, they can also find me on uh, Twitter uh, at Rycohen, R-I-C-O-W-N. And you can find me on Twitch at Rycohen and the number one. So I guess they should say twitch.tv slash Rycohen and the number one at the end. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geeklymedia.com. Uh, please go to our Patreon page. See all the exclusive material that you can get there if you're one of our patrons. It is uh, definitely worth it if I must say so myself. Then whatever podcatcher you're using to listen to us, please rate and review us. So it helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is the Mitch and Rich show on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.